Good morning, Sheila. How are you today? I'm great, Wayne. How are you today? I am doing well, thank you. Golly. And welcome to everyone to 27 Minutes with Sheila and Wayne, where we explore the fascinating world of verbs and their impact on our daily lives. Join us each week as we delve into the different ways verbs shape our language and influence our interactions as we attempt to make a positive difference in our world, one verb at a time. <laughs> And Sheila, what is our verb for today? Wayne, today's verb is to restore. And I've got two definitions that I'll start with, and then you will no doubt fill in. But first, I have a confession to make. Okay. And that is in the last two weeks, I posted on our different social media uh, sources that we were at the 97th, excuse me, the 98th and the 99th uh, podcasts. And I was incorrect. Um, those were the 97th and 98th podcasts. This is our 99th podcast. All right. We made it to 99. We made it to 99. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so I'm restoring us back to our accurate count because to restore is our verb today. Uh-huh. I see. My two definitions are to bring back or reinstate or to return someone or something to a former condition, place, or position. So what kind of definitions did you find? I have to give something that has been lost or or taken or money that is owed back oh. to the person it belongs to. Okay. And to put again in possession of something. And I had the first two were just like your two. Okay. To, to return something or someone to an earlier good condition or position. Okay. Okay. And to bring back into use something that has been uh, absent for a period of time. Ah, okay. Yes. And oh. Sheila, where can our friends oh, and listeners find you? Thank you. I welcome feedback about our podcast at Zeke and Sheila at Yahoo.com. And you can find me at Wayne at MindSinking.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-Y-N-C-I-N-G.com. Perfect. <laughs> and, thank you. And yes, send all the bad stuff to me. Send all the good <laughs> stuff to Sheila. <laughs> and we will move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay, when we talked about restore, what were your thoughts? Were they good, bad, indifferent? At first, I thought, I just don't have an emotional reaction to this word restore. But as time went by, I changed my mind. But the first thing that kept popping up when I was doing some basic research is restoring data from onto your computer or your iPhone lost data. So I didn't dive any deeper than that because I thought, you know, we all run into that situation now and again. Yes, we do. Uh, yes. Then I started going uh, researching restorative justice, which is a slightly controversial program. And I, I was reading about research done, meta-analysis meta of other research done to look for, for uh, themes and patterns about the um, effectiveness of restorative justice. I know that restorative is not officially using the verb, but... So then I, I got down on restoring confidence and restoring health, et cetera. So how about yourself? Oh, good. And when, when I heard restore, I too was just like you, kind of like, okay, restore. But then I quickly jumped to a verb that um, everyone talks about. Okay. And it's trust. Ah. That's the first real thought that came to mind. And I go, hmm. wow. Oh, restoring trust. Gotcha. I'm I'm going to have fun with this. And so I went to the internet and was looking at restoring trust. And guess what popped up? 
trusts, wills, and all of those things. <laughs> and I go, no, this is not the trust I'm looking for. <laughs> hey, I just have a thought before we go any further. Yes. I understand you have a trivia question. I do. And I understand you have one as well. I do. Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. Uh, so we will answer these questions at the end of the show, but the first, my trivia question is, how long did it take to repair and restore the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. after the August 23rd, 2011 earthquake? Oh. So I will okay. answer that at the end. How about yours? Mine was, and I was, I was leaning towards that trust part that I talked about. Oh, good. About. Yes. Good. It says, what parts of our brain are actively engaged when we think about trust? Oh, and the reason why I have that there and associate with restore is because the the article that I read about it talked about restoring that trust, and they said when that act when that area of that brain was or the two act areas of the brains were activated, it really wow blossomed on the screen Ooh. and they can see it happening. And Ooh. they said when people lost that trust, mm -hmm. that part of the brain just kind of went, oh. just kind of, yeah, stopped working. And then all of a sudden to restore that, it lit up again. So they said, yeah, this must be the area. So I thought this was pretty interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, as Sheila said, we'll answer both of those at the end. Great. Yes. And so uh, again, you know me, I went down two paths. I went down, <laughs> <laughs> I went down a personal path and Good. I went down a professional path Good. for for restore. So okay. I, that's what I'm going to do today. Super. Would you like to start us off? Nope. I'd like you to start us off. Okay. I read an article about the essential importance of trust and how to re how to build it or restore it. <laughs> Great. And it's by Dennis Jaffe. And he says that trust is often lost when we feel hurt by another's action and believe that this action or inaction was intentional. He talks about the dynamics of trust are delicate in important relationships, and their loss of trust can be costly, not only f physiologically, but also financially, and in terms of work and livelihood. So mm -hmm. he says what's helpful to remember is that trust is an ongoing exchange between people and is not static. Mm -hmm. trust, trust can be earned, it can be lost, and it can be restored. Ah. And I thought, ha, this is going to be great for our, our podcast. Right. Yes. And so he talks about um, there are, re in rebuilding trust on a personal relationship here, he says how to rebuild trust in seven steps. And this is an a article by Darlene Lancer. And she says that the first way to rebuild trust is to listen to the other person's anger and hurt feelings. <laughs> okay. And I'm thinking, you know what, this doesn't have to be just the personal because I've seen some professional guys yes. get into it too. <laughs> yes. And actually that's one of the steps in restorative justice too. Really? Yep. The They don't call them the victim and the offender. They call them the responsible party and the affected party, but they get a lot of coaching before they step into that room too. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. All right. So keep on. Okay, number two, empathize with them. And I thought, okay, yes, I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. Number three, ask what is needed to prevent a recurrence. And that really stuck mm -hmm. out to me. Okay. Because I have worked with a organization where it had to be 100% mutual agreement mm -hmm. or the issue was moot and people would get up off, out of their seats and leave the room. 
If somebody was, wow. if somebody said no, it was all over. There was no talking. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I learned from one guy, he says, no, if that ever happens, ask that person, um, what would it take mm -hmm. to get them to say yes? Which is a whole different concept. Yes, it thought, is. Yeah. And that restored the conversation back to the original point of, okay, what, what do we need to do to get to 100% mutual agreement? And work continued as opposed to just shutting down, going home and saying, I'm taking my ball and I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. Going home, right. <laughs> going home, all right. Number four, be conscious to do all the things listed that show trustworthiness. Mm. And, and again, this is the personal relationship. Number mm -hmm. five, take full responsibility for your actions. Don't sidestep the issue or try mm -hmm. to shift blame to the other person. Mm -hmm. And I thought, ooh, yeah, that's, do I do that? And I think, eh, maybe sometimes I did. Number six, make a heartfelt apology expressing your regret. Mm. You know, that's pretty tough for some individuals. Yes, it is. Ah, and then number seven, continue to have open and honest communication. And I think our podcast has been talking to that concept forever communication. Ah, yes. Because it, I agree. communication is a bi-directional, it's a two-way street. Right. And everything we talk about, all the verbs we talk about is also a two-way street. I think, I'm not sure, but to restore, um, to trust, because you have to, like, like, um, the gentleman before, what's his name? Like Dennis said before, trust can be earned. It can be lost and mm -hmm. it can be restored. So when I'm thinking of trust, trust is a two-way street. You've got mm -hmm. to earn someone's trust and they've got to earn yours. Right. It's not just carte blanche. Oh, I'm the boss or I'm the, the dominant person in this relationship. You have to trust me. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to prove to me that I can trust you. Right, right. <laughs> right? Or should, or should not. Yes. Anyway, I've talked too long. Your turn. No, you haven't talked too long. But I, I um, so I did find this one article that that appealed to me because I was thinking about restoring homes and restoring relationships and what do they have in common? And uh, there was an article by Sharla uh, Marcy from 2019 in the relationship. Oh no, that's her title. She's a relationship consultant. Okay. Uh -huh. So she, she outlined three choices that you have in both restoring a home and in a relationship. You can repair it, you can restore it, or you can renovate it. And mm. so um, to repair is something that you need to do regularly when there's a hole in the wall, you patch it, when there's a light bulb out, you fix it. Um, and ironically, the word trust came in here too, because it's a constantly building trust by making the small actions that continue to move it forward. Uh -huh. So the next Next step would be to restore, which is where you actually have to go down to the foundation. You know, there's a bigger issue here. Mm. You have to, it's a choice point to either strengthen the foundation and choose to move forward or say, nope, we're going to undo this whole thing and uh, either tear the house down or, or disentangle the business or the relationship. Um, and then if the choice then is to renovate or committing to moving forward, um, you have to, this is not a one-time thing to renovate. 
uh, because people have changed or and the house ha- has some major issues, you have to kind of redesign it and restructure it based on the information and the and the resources you have now. Okay. Um, and so this is a uh, it it's it's a reworking and then uh, ongoing process for both restoration and for relationships. I like so, that. So and or if you choose not to renovate, then ideally you have a graceful. Uh, parting of ways, a graceful ending. I'm not sure how that fits for restoring a house where you maybe <laughs> take a video as the as the uh, construction uh, ball goes and before and, and after, uh, tears right? it down. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Plant a little grass in that area there. <laughs> so okay. uh, so so she also referenced an article that I didn't read, but I like the title. Should you stay or should you go? Because that's the name of a uh, line in an old song. And she also referenced a new kind of psychology to me, which is called. Uh, and I can't even read my handwriting, so I'll Uh-oh. have to come back to that. <laughs> we'll have to re- we'll have to restore that. <laughs> Definitely restore that page on my computer. Yes. Okay. So moving on to your next items. Okay. This is again we're talking about rebuilding trust or yes. restoring trust. Yes. It and here's the professional side. Um, and this article was written by Mark Barrow, and he said that the first thing you have to do in that restorative process is acknowledge the diversity of experience that influences trust. Uh-huh. And I thought, wow, the diversity of experience that influences right. trust. And there's that word that snuck in there again, diversity, because because diversity works. It, it You can't all be thinking the same thought and have the same values and the same norms. You, you've got to bring something different in there. And oh, I, I, I like that. So number one to me was very fabulously done. Okay. Number two, he says, walk the talk, who hasn't heard that, by showing yourself to be trustworthy. So <laughs> again, it's not what I say, you know, don't yes. do, as I say, do as I do. No, no, no. Come on. You, you have to do as you say as well. So then I can trust you. Right. But again, to restore that trust, you number three, use the trust factors to help understand an individual's level of trust. And I said, okay, I don't know what the trust factors are, so I better keep reading. Right. And, and he came up with, oh, there's a list of them. There's benevolence, there's competence, there's integrity and character, there's listening and curiosity, there's meets expectations, there's openness and accuracy, there's rules, laws and consequences, I and I stopped at rules, laws, and consequences. <laughs> Is it getting a little overwhelming? It, it was a little. It was a little bit much until I got to rules, laws, and consequences, okay. and I said, "Ah, oh, so somebody else besides me thinks that there should be rules, there should be laws, and there should be consequences." <laughs> <laughs> so if you break my trust or by whatever it is, then you know what? Okay, you've got to bear the consequences right. for that. And I see all of these individuals in the news who they get up and they start uh, crying. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I, right. I lost the trust of my family and my friends and my and my business. And my constituents. And my constituents. <laughs> yeah, and my constituents. And I'm like, no, you're just mad. You're just crying because you got caught. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's consequences for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I continue. It, it was a delightful article. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, he says, start the conversation. And, and I thought, wow, hmm. how many times have you or I or anyone else just 
belabored the point that I need to talk to them. I need to talk to them. I need to talk. Mm. And you just procrastinate and you never do. Yeah. He says, start the conversation. A- and you know what? That's the best way to get there. You, you got to put one foot in front of the other yes. to walk. Correct. Correct. So you got to take baby steps. Okay. And, and that's, that's all he said. Um, t- let's go back to you. Well, thank you. Ah, so I was reading about, uh, I just want to touch base on that restorative justice again. Uh Um, And basically it's again, where there's an opportunity for humanization. Uh, You have, you have the affected party and the responsible party coached beforehand about what they're going to say. And then they listen to each other without interrupting each other. There are other members of the community in the room so that nobody can gang up against anybody else. Um, uh, the support networks are not just there for the coaching and for in that room they, as an on an ongoing basis there hmm. to continue to support. And so the goal, of course, is to have a life changing event. Um, research suggests that uh, this is effective in decreasing the fear of revictimization on the part of the affected party okay. and reducing post-traumatic stress. Um, and also they suggest that it reduces the frequency of reoffending afterwards mm. and uh, and builds up an empathy then for the affected parties by the responsible party. There are also critics of this who say that done poorly, often in a school setting, in uh, it, it, it can um, re-victimize or, or if the goal in that situation is to restore the previous relationship, you're, you're setting them up for failure. So it, it, it truly, there may never be an ongoing relationship between the people, but in a school setting, they kind of have to. So you really have to be careful. You don't want to uh, just take the the actions and impose those on a on a on a um, uh, affected party and responsible party who aren't really interested in the outcome. <laughs> I, that I, makes I, sense. It does make sense, and and it and it talks to one of. Um, one of Mark's points here where he yeah. talks about safety. Yes. Are you providing a safe and non-threatening right. space for your team? Right. So are you providing a safe and non-threatening space for the school children in, right. in class? Right. And I found that I, I see that a lot. I was working with a group and I went through my rules of engagement. I always have rules of engagement. So there's always rules. Um, but I only have about maybe four rules that typically – I, I, will, I will ask for, and then we'll okay. stop because we don't need a litany of rules. Right. Um, the first rule that I always like to impose on it on the group is respect. We've got to respect each other. Good. We all come from different walks of life. We have different opinions, different experiences, different education um, bits and, and pieces. But we have to respect at least what individuals say and listen to them. And I, another one is one person speaks at a time. And then I open it up to the floor for everyone else to say, okay, what kind of rules do we want as a group? So uh-huh. it, 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 it clusters us all together. And the individuals who I'm speaking with say, okay, we have developed the rules. So this is going to be fun. One of the rules that was asked of me says, can, can we say that this is going to be a safe space? Mm-hmm. And I loved that. And you could just see the emotion and the, I'm going to say enthusiasm of the group because mm-hmm. everyone turned and looked at this individual and they were like, yes, that's exactly what mm-hmm. we want. Nice. And, and so I remember this thing from, I'm going to say 30 years ago that I learned what you see here, what you do here, when mm-hmm. you leave here, let it stay here. Yes. Um, 
it, it, and it just opens up the forum for honest, at least I'm thinking, an honest conversation where they will, un, I, I'm, I'm going to say, take down the defenses mm -hmm. and make themselves vulnerable, make us all vulnerable, mm -hmm. but trusting that we all will engage in that so that we don't have to restore that trust that we lose, mm -hmm. but we have already restored the faith that, okay, we are all going to go in this in a safe and relative power of authority, rules, laws, and consequences, mm -hmm. and we will be we will be okay with that. And I thought, how cool is that? Can I say what's really neat about what you're describing is th these rules about respect and then trust built in there, though not stated out loud, the safe space, are the same for family counseling and organizational um, hmm. meetings. Okay. And so I love that. All right. Well, cool. I, and I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to stop you, but you no, were on you such a you were on such a roll, and you hit that one. And I said, "Ooh, I, I got to put this in now because timing is everything." <laughs> <laughs> and we've got twenty minutes and fifty-seven seconds left, so it oh, is wow. everything. <laughs> okay. We've got twenty minutes left. All right. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. That's how far <laughs> we've already been talking. Okay. Do you have? Hey, do you have any? Any quotes for us this time? I only got one quote because almost all the quotes I found were related to politics. And one of our rules is that we aren't going down the road of politics here. Yeah, going that way, yes. No. So uh, Marilyn Monroe said, I restore myself when I'm alone. And I, I liked that because so many times we build such a busy lifestyle that we don't take time to be alone and reflect and restore. Okay. Or maybe when I say we, I mean me. <laughs> well, well, you can say we because... Now, I am an introvert. Okay. I, I know that. And introverts, we can absolutely go out and engage and do all the things right. that, that everyone thinks that an extrovert should be able to do, and, mm -hmm. and they call me extrovert. But when I'm done, I need mm -hmm. to go to a small space, buy me yes. a corner, yeah. and I need to restore, recharge, re you know, energize yep. my body because yep. I am drained. Right. Uh, so I understand that. And I, I like what Marilyn Monroe said there. Me That's too. All right. Yes. And I think she was probably the same, uh, had the same outlook. Uh, she could be out there. She could be gregarious. She could be on stage. But there was a side of her that most people didn't know. Absolutely. So Yes. And it works wonders. And, and going back to Mark's last point, start the conversation. Oh, my goodness. And that's going back to communication. Right. Again. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I think Which, all roads lead to communication. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we ever have a last podcast, hopefully we won't for a very long time. We'll ah. have to kind of make that be our word. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Good. Okay. 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 What else would you like to tell us? You know, the I'm one other... Since it's 22 minutes and 55 seconds here, the one other thing I want to talk about, the part that got me is that my husband and I have been staying, saying that next year is the year, our year of health and wellness, restoring our health and wellness, because we both had back problems this year. He had a surgery. I've had to, you know, modify some things. And so um, it isn't a New Year's resolution because I don't keep those. So okay. I don't make those. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, a baby steps you mentioned. One step at a time, um, family objective to become healthier 
in uh, exercise, sleep, and food. So uh, I, I realized as I was researching this, I'm not going to go through the steps here, but um, I've got to make a plan. I can't just say, oh, yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> I've got to put the steps together. I've got to come up with a strategy. Okay. So, so I, I appreciate the reminder to do that. All right. Cool. And, and you know what? It, that is directly in line with one of the concepts I came up with. Okay. And the concept is the five F's. I'm not going to talk about all the five F's, but okay. one, but one of those F's is fitness. Ah, uh, yep. Because yes. I tell, I tell individuals as a, I talk about leadership, you mm-hmm. as the leader, you got to show up. You have to be there every yep. day. Yep. And and you've got to be a hundred percent on the positive side of getting things done, motivating individuals, um, providing feedback, providing constructive feedback when necessary, doing all those kinds of things. But you have to be there. Um, and just because you are staying at work for 30 hours uh, a day, <laughs> I don't mm. know if that's possible, but <laughs> you have to yes. take out time for yes. yourself to re- restore your body, regenerate your body, restore mm-hmm. that muscle mass that you yes. had. Yeah. Otherwise, as you said, because things atrophy, um, yep. you're going to be unhealthy and then yep. you won't be able to show up. Right. So fitness is one of those five F's and yes. get on some kind of exercise program. Just yeah. Just get better, and I I like what you and and Fred are doing. Just uh, making a healthy uh, approach to all right. This is going to be for family health for the rest yep. of the time. Yep. Let's just get better. Yep. And you know what, Mark says, and here's the last line he says is, a new better relationship with trust starts right here. Uh... And I and I think you're right. It's 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 starting the conversation. You had the conversation about health and well being. Yes. Yep. Um. Yeah, it starts with me. Starts with you, right? Right. So why shouldn't we be the the bigger person if the other person's not, and we can start the conversation? I like it. I don't Thank know. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So what's the answer to your trivia question? So the as a reminder, the trivia question was about the restoration of the Washington Monument. <clears throat> the uh, earthquake was in 2011. It was finally reopened in 2014. It cost taxpayers $7.5 million, but in total, wow. it cost $20 million. And Ooh. the rest of the money over time was uh, financed by a fellow who is named David Rubenstein, who is uh, who because of that earthquake took an interest in rehabilitating and restoring other monuments in D.C. Mm. So he went on to help um, mend the Lincoln Memorial, the Marine Corps War Memorial, and Arlington House in Excellent. Washington D.C. Yeah. Well, thank you to him. Yes, yes indeed. Gosh, and my. Trivia question was: yes. What parts of our brain are actively engaged when we think about trust? And the answer is the ventral striatum okay. and the medial prefrontal prefrontal cortex. Okay. Say that three times real fast. I can't even say it once fast. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Sheila, oh my goodness, it's been fun. Would you take us home, please? Oh, well, Wayne, thank you for another fun conversation. And those who are listening to us, we appreciate you and hope that you have gained something beneficial from this uh, talking about restor- restoring, restoration. And thank you for listening. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week at our 100th episode. Yes. Yes, where we're going to reflect. (laughs) Yes, the good and the bad. The good and the bad. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. And and to all of you who are celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
And for those of you who are not selling Christmas, hey, happy holidays and happy joyous, holidays. prosperous new year to you yes. and around this special season. Indeed. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Wayne. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.